1: Just a couple of grandpas hanging out. Yes. Talking about stuff. Hello, Henry. <laughs> That's. Big Papa's here. Uh, hello, Katie. Hello, Amy. Hello, Everett. Hello, Bennett. Those are my four.
2: Ernie, I got to give you and Clark Kellogg credit.
1: Yeah. We did
2: not oversell you grandparenthood. Did not oversell. You, said you, you, you and Clark said Char- Chuck is going to change
1: your life. Yes. And that little man has changed my life. It's uh, it is it's a it's, it's surreal it's an amazing it's amazing thing and and you know what else is amazing the fourth season of the steam room man I can't believe it it's 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 been uh, it's so much fun I'm gl- I'm glad to be back yeah I am too yeah and it's and it's uh, well I've seen you since then but it is it's it's kind of a season driven podcast when the NBA season starts we start we and were fresh when and June, when and June when June comes around we're like enough of that. See you all in october yes uh so we're glad, but see, once you have membership as a loyal steamer, you never have to renew or anything like that. There were no you know restrictions apply that doesn't you know once you're a loyal steamer, you're always in, so welcome yeah. back uh, thank you brother to our to our podcast, and uh if you're by chance new to the podcast, we always begin with Chuck's favorite phrase, which is first of all
2: first of all, hey so hand me that, please so guys. Uh, I got this really nice note today. Ah. uh From uh, first of all, season four. I remember you put Heinz fifty-seven on everything, Chuck. Want to give you some some thank you, Cap?
1: Michael Kaplan is Cap. He's our producer. What's
2: wrong with this picture, America? This was in my, sitting outside my locker day when I checked in.
1: Do, y'all, have, do y'all notice? I something? have the answer. Yes, there are no tops on the Heinz fifty-seven models.
2: Cap, can you explain to me why there's no caps on my Heinz fifty-sevens?
1: No cap. It didn't come this way. Stop lying. But it's still sealed for your, it is uh, sealed, for your safety. But if, Thank goodness. But so it cap, apparently is sealed. Uh, cap,
2: please, uh, next time you get me some caps, bring some caps with my Heinz fifty-seven. But I want to say thank you and welcome to season four. How long will it take you to go through those two? Well, any steak or chicken, I'm putting that on it. Is that going to go in
1: the green room? Or are you going to have those? I keep it that- in
2: my locker because I order chicken or chicken every night. Yeah. So, yeah. You,
1: so you keep the Heinz 57 in your locker. Yeah. Not out where you where you're going to eat.
2: No, because other people use it.
1: Okay. And you don't refrigerate it.
2: Uh, I probably should, but I don't.
1: Does it say? Refrigeration is suggested well, once I, you open. I don't open, want other people using my stuff. Well, Ernie. they won't. You keep it unrefrigerated if, if it's supposed to be refrigerated. Nobody's I've been doing it for, use for ten years. Uh, it that, don't go. It ain't, ex, I ain't got that sick a, yet. That explains a lot.
2: Ernie, can I get to my first of all? <laughs> I stuff, wish you would. I got a list list here. Uh, unfortunately, we heard the news about Brittany Griner today that she lost her appeal. Right. You know, so man, I'm just thinking about her and her wife and. That's a crazy situation you're dealing with a crazy person over there in Russia. so I want them to let her know that we were thinking about her. I know she had a birthday a couple of weeks ago we acknowledged on the show uh, and just wishing her the best
1: and that's uh, it was it's a nine year sentence which she appealed which yes. was denied and so now the word was she will uh, be going to a penal colony which is apparently really bad. it's uh, if you if you look that up online, you will see various uh, descriptions from uh, people who have been there to yeah. describe the conditions. and you know, it's crazy. It's a labor, um, yeah. it's kind of a labor camp thing and it's a the treatment has uh, uh, the descriptions of some of the treatment there are not good. So uh, I saw the State Department spokesman was talking about the fact that they're still talking. Um, with the Russian government trying to work something out. But she's gone from this all-star player to a political pawn. Yeah, it's it's crazy. So I want to give a shout-out
2: to two of the greatest who hung him up recently, the great Roger Federer and the great Serena Williams. You know, Serena's the greatest female tennis player ever, one of the greatest female athletes of all time. And watching her the last 20-some years has just been amazing. And I love Venus. Venus... Did I
1: see something that uh, about Serena that she might play again? I thought I saw – you know what? And I'll, I'll, I'll have to admit, I was watching the news this morning, and they went to commercial with that, and then I never saw the story. Yeah. But they were saying something like, hey, she may be coming back. So I don't – Well, hopefully she won't. Retire – gracefully and she's the best and Roger
2: Federer you know obviously there's going to be a debate between Adal and Djokovic who's the greatest obviously Serena is the greatest and for the women but man Roger Federer just carried herself with so much dignity and class uh, I just want to acknowledge I, when he was going through that run where he was totally unbeatable that was one of the great things I've ever seen in history and I, I saw that story where him and Tiger were together. You like the two best at what they were doing at the time. And it was pretty surreal and special. And uh, last and lot and last and definitely not least, how can y'all mess up college football? College football, I love the NFL, but I love college football. And, and boxing. And, and boxing. You know, box football and boxing are my two favorite sports. You know that. So where's college football? Uh, You know, I put college and pro football in the same category. Okay, Uh, But I'm concerned that these idiots and fools and jackass who run college football are going to ruin it. We need a commissioner of college sports because they're ruining these sports, man. Uh, How are they ruining college football? These kids are going to start playing too many games, Ernie. If you're going to expand this playoff, these guys are playing like two or three more football games. That's not safe for these guys. Um, I love college football. You know I love my Auburn Tigers. We're struggling right now, but I'm with them through thick and thin, no matter what. But to ask these young kids to play two or three more football games, somebody's going to get hurt. Football is already crazy enough as it is. At least in the NFL, when they added a game, you know, guys were making millions of dollars. That's probably too many. You know, guys are taking. You see all these football players beating up bodies, CTE. How about cutting down on the regular season game? 100% it's the right thing to do. We don't need to be playing Northeast Louisiana. No disrespect to Northeast Louisiana. And none taken. None taken. But we need to have somebody come in and say, guys, if we're going to expand the playoffs, let's play less regular season games. I'm with you. I mean, but to ask these guys, especially, and no disrespect to the Big Ten and the Pac 12 and all those, because the SEC is like a minefield. If you have to play all those SEC schools and then play an extra two or three games, somebody's going to get hurt badly. So, shorten the regular season. Get some independent people out there. Put the best teams in the playoffs. But do not make these kids play two or three extra football games. Do you think
1: expanding the playoff is a good thing? Yes. I think it's a good thing if you shorten the regular season. But I mean, including more teams than the four that you've got. But, right now. Because Aren't they, you always going to have somebody saying, but how did you leave these guys out? Well, that's, you, that, you could have 36 no, teams in no. there and say, yeah, but, no, but the if you, 37th team should have been in that's there. That's like
2: the NCAA tournament. I know. Nobody runs around saying I'm number 69 and 70, Ernie.
1: Oh, They it, do it all the time. That don't make it right. They do it all the time. I, yes, Every time it, the it, bracket it, comes it, up, it, how did you leave us out? It drives me
2: crazy yeah. when that happens. Yeah. Like, First of all, they discriminate against the smaller schools. They finally had a breakthrough last year with Cincinnati. But the smaller schools don't have a chance because they're going to take the four biggest schools. So if you expand the playoffs, I think you can say, okay, nobody
1: can we play. We gave them, yeah. We, we gave, we, we, a gave so we gave six other slots. We're the small school that should have been in, in yes. instead of that other small school. Yes. You're but, still going to yeah, get it's, some it's, bitching you, and you, moaning. You
2: are. But if you expand the field, you can at least say, well, because every year, that's, that's probably one team, maybe two, that has a legitimate gripe. But I, I, I believe in expanding the playoffs, but you got to shorten the regular season.
1: How big would the expansion have to be to get Auburn into the playoff?
2: It's too soon, Ernie. <laughs> it's too soon.
1: I I apologize. As soon as that came out of my mouth, you want I, to was like, back in? I was like, I shouldn't have said it's, that it's, to Chuck uh, hey, That's I no love, way hey, to start season Auburn, four.
2: I love you no matter what.
1: That's no way to to start season four. I apologize. Okay, thank you, Ernie. And, go, Ernie. and go dogs. And what? I tell you what, though. You guys
2: are starting to pick it up again.
1: It's going to be a very interesting Georgia-Tennessee game.
2: Oh, you interesting. Because let me tell you something. That Alabama-Tennessee game, was one of the best football games I've seen in a long time.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I watched that thing from beginning to end.
1: Especially if you're a fan of defense. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, uh, that was one of the best games. And actually, the
1: Utah-USC game was fabulous that night, too. I don't want to look past Georgia-Florida. That's always fun. That's always Florida fun. ain't going to be, come on, no, man. It's a, But it's a grudge match. It's a grudge match. Yeah, it's yeah, a grudge but,
2: match. Yeah, the, yeah. but think about Florida. They got underdog and Alex,
1: losers. Two of our co-workers, and you know them well. Joe Underhill, researcher. Alex Hooverus, paintbox uh, artiste extraordinaire. Artiste? Artiste. Well, he worked it Subway. way. He'll sandwich artiste. Artiste. (laughs) (laughs) Way to work that in. um,
2: Yes. Uh, But Georgia, Tennessee is going to be. Where's that game at?
1: I believe that's Tween the Hedges, is it not? Isn't that Twix the Hedges? I believe it is anyway man so but uh, I digress. if you're gonna expand the playoffs you got
2: to shorten the regular season cuz it's just these are young kids they're not pros they're not grown men and like i say you know obviously we have a big issue with cte in the nfl but these college kids they don't have no union or anything to fall back upon a lot of these kids going to be beat up and have brain damage and they're going to be just roaming around in society. So I love the game, but let's protect these players
1: and don't just look at the bottom line. Gotcha, Chuckster. That's first of all, we are underway. Uh, season four. Yes! When we come back? Our first guest oh, yeah. of season four, um, who is joining the, uh, the family here. You'll see him on Tuesday nights beginning in January. There's a tease. Man. We welcome you back to the Steam Room. Man, I miss that so much. Yeah, I know. As we bring our first guest of season four.
2: The first guest of season four. A special, special guest. Yeah, a yeah.
1: teammate. He is a teammate now. Um, and he's the only guy. I'm going to say only guy because I don't think anybody else has done it. Only guy in NBA history to score 50 in a game with four different teams. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. That's incredible, actually. It is. It is. And his name is Jamal Crawford. And he's part of the Tuesday crew uh, that begins in January uh, with Adam Lefko and and Candace Parker and Shaq. Well, two of my favorite people, Candace and Adam. Yeah. Well, you can keep <laughs> your your problems with Shaq to yourself. for now. I don't have a problem with Shaq. But he's not one of your favorite people. I just don't like him. Okay, well that seems to me like you have okay. a problem. Okay, no, 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 no. You but can do- Nobody <laughs> has a problem with Jamal Crawford. Nobody has a problem with Jamal. They do hey, not. Welcome to the family, man.
3: Hey, thank you so much. That's a, that's a heck of an introduction. I don't know if I can top that.
1: <laughs> no. T- how about this? Uh, Twenty years in the NBA, all with the same team. <laughs> oh no, that's not yeah. right. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, there there was. Um, there was drafted by Cleveland, traded to Chicago, then traded to the Knicks, uh, traded to Golden State, signed with Portland, signed with the Clippers, Minnesota, Phoenix. Did I cover them all? And in
3: the bubble, I don't know if you want to count the bubble or not. Oh, you won game, the game in the bubble
1: with, with uh, one game in the bubble with Brooklyn. Yeah, got me twenty years and three time, three time, six man of the year. Twenty years is amazing. Yes, indeed. Because number one, not only you have to be
2: good. But you all you also had to keep yourself in fantastic shape. Well, he looks like he can still play. I know at 42. that, but I, but I when you get older as a player, it's hard to keep the same weight you were ten years ago. Is that true, Jamal?
3: Very true. Chuck is spot on with that. You you have to change your lifestyle, and it becomes a lifestyle. Your diet, how you live. I remember I, I hated drinking water, and my wife tricked me. She started giving me the water with the, with the little packets in it. And that's lemonade. It was really water, and she weaned me off that. Whole Foods became a big component, and you just have to be blessed. I and mean, when how you play, I think style of play helped me, especially as the league transitioned to being less physical, as well. So yeah, all those things add to twenty years.
2: So uh, I've been through this depression. Yes, when you have to hang it up, it's it's traumatic. It hurts. How how did you handle that period? Because it's hard to say, hey. I'm retiring, I'm not playing. Because you've done something since you were probably 12 years old. And then, yes. and then one day you're like, it's over, man. How did you go through that depression?
3: It absolutely is depression, Chuck. Some days you wake up, you're like, okay, this is the day the calls is going to come. And the other days you're like, man, why am I not playing? Then watching the game becomes harder to do as well because you have all these emotions And my last official game in the arena was 50 points. And that month, I actually averaged 30 points and six assists off the bench. It was my highest score month of my career. So I didn't think I would be a star, but I at least thought I showed enough that I would be able to, you know, get another run. And it didn't happen. Even when COVID hit and guys started coming out the woodworks to to get a look, it didn't happen for me. So that part was depressing. But then I started coaching my son, and that gave me a whole other outlook. And I threw everything into that. And, and coaching those kids, they all became like my kids. To be honest with you, three days a week practice, film sessions, and to see twelve-year-olds learn the game and learn different things and the things they'll they'll need later on in their careers was unbelievable for me. And I think I needed them even more than they needed me to be their coach.
2: So, when you're coaching these kids, are you see? This is a delicate balance as a coach, as a guy who's been really, really successful, had a hell of a career. Are you just telling those kids to have fun or you're like, I want them to learn the game the right way? Because that is actually two different things. Totally
3: different things. And I I promised the parents this. I said, they're going to learn to be great young men. They're going to become better basketball players. And they'll continue to to enjoy this journey, this process. They'll have fun. They're going to have highs and lows, but we'll have more highs and lows, even if we don't win the game that particular night. Long-term, this is going to pay off for them. and That was so important to me that they had a solid foundation. So when I'm not coaching them, they can go on and enjoy what they're trying to do.
1: What's your best memory of growing up in Seattle and watching the Sonics? Oh, man.
3: So I used to work in Key Arena. That's now Climate Pledge. And, and I was the kid who actually brought up food from the basement to the concession stand. And so it's, it's normally a 10-minute trip. Take the food up, come down. I made it a 30-minute trip. I would look <laughs> at Gary Payton. I would look at you know, shine camp and those guys and just dream about being out there. And it helped make my dreams reality. You know what I mean? I'm like, it's, it's that close to me. One day I want to be out there with those guys. I remember when I was a kid, I said, the NBA doesn't have to pay me. I'll pay them to play in the NBA. I wanted it so bad. So to be that close to it, they helped inspire me.
2: Well, you know what? I've said this before. Chicago Stadium, Seattle, and Boston Garden are probably the three toughest arenas I've ever had to play in. Uh, It's a travesty and a disgrace that they don't have a team there because I see the same energy and emotion when I watch the Seahawks play, the 12th man. Yes. Seattle just got an amazing fan base. We played them a lot when I was in Phoenix and we played them in a seven game series uh, to get to the finals. I says, I've never been in a tougher, more fun environment. And so, man, I, I feel you about Key Arena. And, uh, and playing against the gloves, Sam uh, Perkins and those guys, Nate McMillan, and one of my favorite coaches, George Carl. Man, Seattle, they, I hope one of these days they get an the NBA team.
3: I do as well. And you had to bring up bad memories about you guys taking South to be the finals that year. But now they they absolutely deserve a team. We deserve a team because it helped shape the whole generation of, of players. And now we don't have that. So that's why my pro-am it's so important to the city right now because these kids have never seen a LeBron James. They have to go on, you know, TNT to watch him, or they have to go on NBA 2K to play and see that, you know, he's, he's not a real character until they see him in real life. And so when they see him, not only are they dreaming, it gives hope. Like this guy is really here in front of me for free. And I always ask the kids in the community who they want to see, and I try to go out and get them because I know that they've never seen some of their favorite players in, in, in person.
1: What's it going to take to get to get the NBA back in Seattle? You know what? We were a team or a city that lost our team,
3: and I would hate to see anybody do that. So I guess expansion. I feel like there's enough talent right now in the NBA and young guys coming up that, you know, there's veterans out there as that sign right now. But I would love to see an uh, expansion team and maybe, you know, it's a team on the West Coast and they have to move a team that's further in the West to the East. But I would love to see that happen. I think one day it will happen. I remember when they left, I said it'll be back in five years. I truly believe within the next five years, they'll be back
2: this time. You you know, when you have your expansive career, you've seen a lot. I want you to answer these questions here, three of them. Okay. Best coach you played for, best player you played with, best player you played against.
3: Best coach I played for, I would say from a teaching standpoint, it was Larry Brown. He was an unbelievable teacher, so detailed. And some of the things he taught me, I'm actually teaching my kids now that I coach. Most fun to play for, I would say, was Dr. Isaiah because they were players. And that's what I learned about myself, especially being a scorer and a guy who didn't play defense. They didn't hold what I didn't do well against me. They put me in positions to be successful. So I would say those two guys were the most fun to play for.
2: Hey, 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 before you go further, stop right there because I think you just said something that's really important. And I want all these jackass coaches out here to hear this. Repeat what you <laughs> no. Repeat what you just said because I think really I think it's really important.
3: They didn't hold what I didn't do against me. You play for certain coaches like oh he's not a defender. You know I want a defender when you signed me and brought me here. My offense is my defense. So put me in position to, to bring that to the team, and they never held what I didn't do against me. They were always able to adjust. Oh, you like going right more? Okay, we're gonna switch your plays up to go to your right hand. We're not gonna hold that you can't go left as well against you. And so those guys that actually played at that level understood that. They, they know I could go 0 for 3. It doesn't mean I have an off game. It means, okay, I'm closer to getting hot. They're going to ride with me. And I really enjoyed that, and I try to, to pawn that on my, my young guys. And then uh, I would say best player I ever played against was Kobe. I actually have a shirt. I don't know if you guys can see it. I have two legends of MJ and Kobe on here. I was on with two legends. I'm on him. So I had to pay homage. I always love paying homage to the guys that came before me. But Kobe was just – he was from another planet. His mentality – he could go 0 for 10 and it didn't deter him to take the game with a shot. He left it all on the court. He played with his heart. And you guys know, when you're in those arenas, he put a certain fear in you and made your fans his fans. He would do something special and incredible, and he just wasn't scared to fail. So I, I love Kobe Bryant for, for being the, the best player I've played against.
1: No, both guys on that shirt and Chuck, you know, there's, there were certain guys who when they touched the ball, a buzz goes <sighs> through the arena. I mean, and yes. it, it can be at any – Jamal, it could be at any point in the game. It could be a 20-point game at that time. But when those guys touched the ball, there was an anticipation you could feel in an arena and a buzz that went with it.
3: And it's just amazing because they wanted to – they knew they were performers. They knew they were some of the greatest – of all time, even when they were playing. In real time, they, they knew that. So they, they wanted to just dominate you. They wanted to rip your heart out and hand it to you, like, look, this is what I did to you in front of all your friends. And and they just were amazing. Kobe was from another planet, and MJ, you know, he speaks for himself. I'll I see the shoes, Ernie. I, when I see Ernie, I always look at his shoes first to see what he has on, and then I, and then I go from there
2: well I
1: I, I look at his shoes first because I don't want to look at his face Hey, and and you know when I see Charles I look at the creases in his jeans I don't look at his face you have creases Uh, in your uh, jeans somebody told me this means they old man jeans jeans. they are extremely old man jeans the creases
3: went out in the '90s, Ernie. Those those left a long time ago. You like those though? You, you like, like those uh, one?
2: John, Sh- on the- Shout out to my Shuckster. tailor. My oh. tailor made me a bunch of jeans because I can't get Boy. I can't get jeans off the racks. He made me about 20 pair yeah. of jeans. Well, how old is your tailor? 108. <laughs> it's hard to when you got a big ass and big legs it's hard to find jeans to fit they don't come off the rack Ernie must be nice just go to a store and just grab something (laughs) it is
3: that crease may cut you you touch it the wrong way
2: (laughs) (laughs) hey somebody actually told me that too I didn't even know the says, yo man do you have creases in your jeans? I said, yeah. He says, you know, the, the, those from like the eighties and nineties. I, you know, t- yeah. I said, you know, man, my as I yeah. can't get jeans off the rack,
1: man. You know who it is who said that? Who everybody. <laughs> uh, so how you get, how you getting ready for your TV career, Jamal? I'm just watching and, and learning and studying. I'm
3: I'm watching you guys. I actually had a couple of questions for both of you guys, one each, but we can get to that whenever you well,
1: want. It doesn't matter. We're just sitting around talking.
3: All right. So for you, Ernie, there's a lot of athletes that are outspoken. Right. Like they, they say stuff, you know, people like them. Chuck is one of the ones that everybody gravitates towards because he's real. He's authentic. At what point did you know he would be special?
1: Uh, I would say one show in. I really did. Really, I really, I really did. Thank I you. Mean, thank thank here, you. Both of you guys. No, but here and here was my here was my concern, Jamal. I said, okay. he's... can I tell the story? He, look, he's always been. Just a second. He's always been the most <laughs> portable guy out there. Always been, and and uh, so is that gonna is that gonna happen when he gets on TV? Because I've seen a million athletes who, right. when you see him doing a post game interview or you see him, you know, behind the scenes stuff. Boy, look at his personality. He'd be great on TV. And all of a sudden, the red light goes on, and it's like, yeah. We and see so, that a lot. We yeah. see that a lot on NBA TV. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, that was one concern, the, and for no reason. And then the other was when the novelty wears off. Yeah. Will the Chuckster say, "Okay, I tried that. That's enough"? Um, so I guess the novelty, twenty-something uh, years, uh, the hey, novelty. Uh, it's not an issue. But Al- no, he was. He's been himself the whole time, which is key. You just got to be yourself, and and I think Chuck's right. done that, and and much to the. Uh, to the benefit of, uh, of our show. Well, i tell you
2: what's funny. Uh, I can't remember. It was like, I think it was like a month or two in, Jamal, and Ernie pulls me aside, and he said, yo, Chuck, be honest with me. How long are you going to be here? <laughs> and I looked at him with a straight face. I said, Ernie, I'm going to be here two years, and then I'm gone. I'm going to be running the NBA team, blah, blah, blah. Right. And, hey, right. 22 years later, I'm still stuck here. Yeah. <laughs> Sitting in a leather chair. <laughs> yes.
1: Hey. Right. But he did. He pulled right. me
2: aside one night. He said, yo, be honest with me. How long are you going to be here? And I looked at him with a straight face. I said, Ernie, two years max. Wow. And like, now I'm here, man, because, you know, when, when, when we made the video for you a couple, uh, about a month or so ago, what I said mm-hmm. to you in that video, I says, yo, man, Welcome to the family. You're going to have the greatest time working at Turner. I've been here 22 years. It's like a family. Everybody gets along yeah. well. And you know, me and Shaq, we like having fun going at each other. He loves coming at me. I love coming at him. But Kenny and Ernie are like brothers to me. Ernie's a God. He's the older brother, just for the record. But <laughs> coming to work, you're going to get to know all the people on the show. Because, like, you don't get to know him a lot. You don't get to know him a little bit during the regular season. But when you're together for like six weeks in the playoffs, you're like, man, Snyder's still here? <laughs> oh, my God, Victoria, uh, you know. Right. Uh, uh, like you see the same makeup girls every week. So you're going to realize that joining our family, man, is going to be one of the best fun things
1: that ever happened to you. So what's your question for Chuckster?
3: Yeah, Chuck obviously played with KJ. Stockton have Malone, obviously, but you didn't play with, no disrespect to KJ, because he was great, but more of a scoring point guard. You didn't play with Isaiah or Stockton or Magic. When you came to this side, Ernie, obviously, is the best point in the business. When did you recognize that? We know Ernie from a distance, right? You know he's great. When did you know you were absolutely running with the best point guard on TV?
2: It's going to sound, it, it not really, really quickly, because... First of all, I knew it because me and Kenny got two totally different personalities. Right. So, But I knew right away because, man, I didn't know all the bullshit he had to do. (laughs) Like, like, (laughs) it is so much to go into doing the show that me, Kenny, and Ernie got zero idea that's happening. And then when you sit around and you talk to TK, you talk to Fiorello, you talk to Craig, you talk to Howard, yeah. I mean, you talk to Jeremy, and you're like, yo yeah, man, Ernie got a lot of stuff. They're like, you have no idea how, because it is segments, we don't even think about it. He got to know when to go to commercials, what we are gonna talk about here, there, there. And I was like, yo yeah, man, it, and, and, and I said this publicly, I, I'll say it to you now, Ernie's actually like the only guy on the show who really works. <laughs> I was gonna say that,
3: I was going when I came to fill in for you, not to cut you off, we're all in the back. You know, in between games and stuff, halftime, and Ernie's the only one on set, like still like working. And I'm like, oh, so I'm paying attention to everything. I'm like, wow, okay. Success leaves clues. It's, it's no mistake in why he is who he is. Okay, look,
1: we all got jobs. I love my job, and I appreciate the kind words, Jamal. But no, it but, is. It's just. It's but- it's it's all about no knowing- one. What's my what's my responsibility on that show? Am it, it, I am I there to tell you tell the fans what it's like to be in a huddle with 1.6 seconds to go in a game? No, cuz I ain't been there. But my job is to get the guys who have been there no. to tell about that and to and to try to move the conversation along so you guys can be who you are. Selfless
3: Point guard.
1: Yeah, no uh, you use the term Point guard. I says he's the
2: best director. Yeah. Cuz I actually love what you said. There are some great analogies I always use. I talk to college kids a lot, and mm-hmm. I told you, I used to analogy last week, and Shaq, like, man, I love what Popovich said, uh, you know, and he said, when did Kawhi become a great player? He says, when I called a play, he realized it was for the Spurs to score, not just him. That's something right. that a player needs to learn. The second thing is what you just said about so many coaches worry about what guys can't do instead of putting mm-hmm. them in a position to be successful one of my favorite players all the time is Tyson Chandler and me and Kenny we had, you know we we the thing is what's crazy we talk to coaches general managers all the time they want to know something they want to pick our brain and it's always a private conversation I would never divulge our conversation because it's always private but it's one guy general manager says to me one time and I was telling Kenny about it, he says you know, I'm not a big Tyson Chandler fan. And I'm like, why are you not a big Tyson Chandler fan? He says, well, all you can do is play defense and rebound. And I looked at him <laughs> like, what do you mean? He says, I need, my, I need some guys out there who can score. I said, you need defense and rebounding too, don't you? So many coaches out there talk about things you can't do. Tyson Chandler's a hell of a player. He's one of my yes. favorite players. And if I get me a guy who's going to play defense and rebound, two of the most unselfish aspects of basketball— And the third thing, Nick Saban, I saw him one time. I was watching, and this guy kept messing up in practice. And the coach says, we're going to keep doing it till you get it right. And Saban says, time out, damn it. Time out, damn it. He says, we're at the University of Alabama. We're not going to do it till you get it right. We're going to do it so many times you don't get it wrong. I'm like, ooh, that's good right there.
3: That's good. That's really good." good.
2: And those three things, when I talk to kids, I say, "Yo, man, put your kids in a position to be successful, and also practice something so much where so they don't get it wrong." When I look at Michael, Kobe, LeBron, I don't want to leave anybody else out because I'm no Kareem's in that situation. He's a an all-time great. I don't. Bill Russell, rest in peace, is an all-time great, but. I never looked at him a guy going to get me 20 points a night. I don't think he was a great offensive player. He was a great winner, rebounder, defender. But Michael, Kobe, and LeBron, those are th- three guys that I've came to close and says, oh, that's a perfect player right there.
3: You know what? And I agree with you. And I think, to be honest with you, I think that's the three in order. I think, like, for LeBron, he's a marvel. He's a Marvel character. We've never seen somebody this athletic with that kind of basketball intelligence, right? We've never seen that in one player. Kobe, you watch him, you're like, man, I want to go work in my game. Look how he's how graceful it looks. Look how he's hitting these fadeaways. And he's so sharp. He's so he's a tactician on the court. When you watch Michael, it's like you're seeing somebody from another planet. Like he allows you to dream. Even if you watch his highlights in fast motion, it feels like slow motion with music going. <laughs> he just allows you to dream. And that's the separator for the three, for me. But you're right, I think those three are, are three of the best I've
2: ever played. You, you know, I remember when I went to the Olympic trials in 1984, they started out with 120 players, probably 50, 60 Hall of Famers A uh, 100 years later. We started out wow. with 120. We went to 180, 60, 40, 20. And I remember going to the airport, Terry Porter, John Stockton, me and Carl Malone, we were some of the last guys cut. But when I got back to college, my coach says, who's the best player there? I said, dude, there's this black dude from North Carolina. <laughs> I, said, I said, coach, I ain't never seen anything like it in my life. I says, he's a little taller than me. He's about 6'6". He cannot run everybody. He cannot jump everybody. I says, it's one of the most amazing things. And I says, and I'm in the SEC, so I'm used to playing against those boys at Kentucky. I'm used to playing against those boys at Florida and uh, over at Georgia. I says, So I'm used to playing against talented players. But when I got a chance to see Michael play for a week, I was like, coach, I ain't never seen anything like this dude. So, man, him, LeBron, and Kobe, I tell people, yeah, those guys, they were perfect basketball players.
3: So you so you were second best player in '84 and then the second best player in the dream team in '92 as well. So hey, you're a gap. Well, you were right there with the best.
2: Yeah, you know, uh, you know, the best thing that ever happened to me was Moses Malone, Jamal. Him taking the time to help me lose 50 pounds changed the entire landscape of my life. Who's the vet who was that your vet to help you like that?
3: Ooh, well, I had Rick Brunson, Kendall Gill, Scottie Pippen uh i had oak i had fred hoiberg but you remember my first two years with the bulls we were the baby bulls back-to-back years so i feel like we had the youngest team in the league back-to-back years so we were the blind leading the blind and that's why it's so important to have vets like in any aspect of life anything you want to do it's important to have those vets or those ogs that show you the way being on time is being early you know not eating mcdonald's after practice those type of things that Turn into a year or two to a career, and you can be very successful with that.
1: couple of things before we let you go. We're in the last minute here, so you still using a BlackBerry and not a smartphone?
3: No, I'm on, I'm on a smartphone. Oh,
1: Do you still have an iPod?
3: I still have an iPod, though. I have to be honest with you. But the, the smartphone feels like I have a spaceship. I get up in the morning excited just to, to play with it. It feels <laughs> like a spaceship.
1: <laughs> last thing, uh, and Jason, who's running our jib camera here, uh, wants to know, what's the what's the trophy over your right shoulder?
3: Oh, that's the Paul Allen Humanitarian Award. I actually nice. got that last year in Seattle, and you know he did so much in the community here. And you know, when you do stuff like that, you're not doing it for awards. So to be able to be recognized for what you do in the community and how you're trying to inspire people and uplift people is, that to me, that's like it's the best award I've ever won, when not trying to win one.
1: You're a good man. I've I've known that since uh, yes. since my first conversation with you the night before the draft of two thousand. Man, and I, yeah, this this young guy comes <laughs> up and I'm like. Wow, that's like the most mature kid of the draft right yeah. there, man. Alive. You were you were uh wise beyond your years and poised beyond your years. And man, what a great, what a great career. And we're again, we're thrilled to have you as a teammate.
3: And I'm teammates with you guys. This is like a dream come true. I'm I'm not jaded or, or like, yeah, I'm on that big time show. Like I am absolutely stoked to be with you guys. So thank you so much for inviting me.
1: Appreciate of course, you, my brother. Appreciate you being on the on the Steam Room and we'll uh, you have to do it again next week and the week after and the week after. They didn't tell you <laughs> that. <Yeah. laughs> I'm here. Thanks,
3: man. I'm here. I'm here. Appreciate you, I'm Jamal. A steam Room pod subscriber.
1: All right, Jay Cross. That's,
2: that's awesome, man. What a good dude. Hell of a career, twenty years. Yes, sir. Man. Twenty
1: years is a long but, but time. But to you know how it.
2: smart it is you're talking about telling guys eat McDonald's, mm-hmm. you know, water. You guys water. couldn't have been teammates. Uh, yeah, yeah. We'll be I back. You're correct.
1: <laughs> welcome back to the steam room. Uh, so we had Jamal Crawford on. Yes. Welcome addition to the family. To, uh, to tip off season four. And uh, this year, we welcome back a legend.
4: Thank you, Ernie,
1: the legendary longtime producer of Inside the NBA. It's a matter, Chuck. <laughs> you know why what? Does it TK, Tim Kiley. That just it just rolls off the way. When I say the legendary longtime producer of Inside the NBA, it just has a way of just rolling poetry, off. Your tongue. It's just it a poetry. legend out there for anything. Uh,
2: I am. That's my point. That's my point. I, I am. Okay. I am.
1: Okay. Okay. I
4: How you doing, uh, Mr. Kiley? I'm good, Chuck. I just want to know how insufferable he's going to be. If the Phillies go any further, oh my! Let me tell you something. I'm gonna wear
2: me a Hoskins jersey in here, Reese Hoskins. Yep. I'm how do you spell? Hos-
4: how
1: do you spell Reese?
4: By the yes, way, yes. Spell Reese.
1: R H Y
2: S. Nice.
4: You know, so um, you're not just a is, fair weather fan. No,
2: no, 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 no. This has been one of the most improbable runs,
1: maybe ever.
2: Because I was like, they can't beat the Cardinals. Then they beat the Braves. Now, I expected the Padres. I was like, we can beat the Padres. But us getting past, because I thought I actually picked the Braves to win the World Series. But for us to, now, now I'm actually torn. I'm not going to lie. Wow. Because Dusty Baker. Yeah, yes. Is a great person. The best. Only thing missed on his resume is the World Series.
1: As a manager, as, as a, manager. a manager, that's right. Yeah, one one as a player in uh, yeah. eighty one, I believe, in the and Dodgers. he's lost twice. Yep.
4: What are you thinking, Astros? Yeah, they got some pitching, boy. So,
1: hey, seven or zero so far well, in the postseason. They, they, no, we say, I, I'm not saying it's going to be a sweep, but man, yeah, they do. They got th- they throw some arms at you, and they and they've gone seven or zero with Jose Altuve. You know, going what? Two or three for 30-something? I mean... So you're saying they're due for a loss or two? No, I'm saying Altuve is due to get hot.
2: Man, he was mm-hmm. over for 26. At one point. At yeah. one
1: point. Yeah. Astros are a very complete they team. Are. If the Phillies beat them, that would be a stunner to me.
2: It, 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 so, well, we here to stun.
1: Okay. We. <sighs> Sorry, TK. Go no, ahead. No,
4: I, 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 I wanted to hear the expertise. From you, I just knew it would be first bad of all, there's no,
1: First of all, there you go
2: again. Let's get this out the way right off the bat. There's no such thing as an expert, okay? All right. It's God a person's so. opinion.
4: All right. That's my I got opinion. You. Okay. Summer vacation, what'd you do?
2: Nothing but hang out with little Henry. The hammer and Hank. Yeah. Hey, I, 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 we talked about this a little bit earlier. Ernie and Clark told me it was going to be the greatest thing ever happened to me, and it is. But you know what's even better? The Chucks are playing some golf right now.
4: Oh yeah. The Chucks are is balling right now. I heard you got a sack of money from somewhere. <laughs> yeah, he
2: did. Uh, let's is, just say this. It? He did. I want to give a shout out, and I mean it sincerely. To Ernie Johnson, who I get the pleasure and honor of working with every week. Kenneth the Jet Smith. <laughs> You know, working with these guys for all these years now, it, they make work fun. And this is probably painful right now. Even this big fat lard ass shack. <laughs> it's I have the greatest job in the world. so I want to thank those guys, but also right
1: back at you
2: too, uh, that's what they uh, yeah. we have.
1: A, we have a good thing yeah. going. Aaron. I want we all to want thank to, we all want to be you, part of
2: it. Jeremy, you know, obviously my two road dogs. I need money if I'm going to go out with Alex and Underdog yeah, to pay for I know, their drinking. They're so I'm probably going to need a raise the way Underdog be drinking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I just want to thank every single person, the people who work on the steam room, thank you. But also everybody who works on the show for the last 21 going on 22 years. So even though I, I'm blessed to get that, I just want to thank every single person. You know, obviously, you know, you got the people upstairs that uh, on, on the steam room and So thank everybody, but especially the guys I'm on the show with.
4: Listen, uh, Audrey was kind enough to put together a little list. You know, we all like lists with you. With uh, the supposed sack of money that you received, you could buy 25,031,000 dozen original glazed donuts at Krispy Kreme. Twenty five million dozen boxes.
2: Let's just go for twelve and cut out the middle band. All right. Okay. I told you I did I tell you the day that I had the twelve donuts? Yeah. And I broke it up into three meals. It was one Sunday. It was one Sunday about five years ago.
1: Yeah, five I years I said
2: it was about five years ago if I remember correctly. It was one Sunday morning. And I said, I just want some Krispy Kreme. So I ordered a dozen. Mm. I went and got a dozen. And I says, I'm gonna eat break it up into three meals. That's all I ate that whole day. But I but you know Such I I had, I had some restraint. I broke it up into three meals. I didn't eat them all at one time. I ate some about nine o'clock in the morning. I ate some about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and I ate about 7 o'clock at night. It was a great meal day. And you're very proud of that. I am proud of that. I could have ate them all in one sitting because I told you, boy. When I've seen s- you do that. When, yeah. that when, when that hot sign on. Mm, it's over. Woo, your car just going to that little hot sign. That hot <laughs> sign
4: is dangerous. How the nails?
2: I got a mani-pedi yesterday.
4: Well, you could get 4,444,000 <laughs> 4, gel pedicures with foot scrub at your favorite nails place in Midtown.
2: Well, I did. Four million. Uh, this so, is with
4: your bag.
1: So I got a mani-pedi
2: yesterday. <laughs> I'm so glad you said it. Don't they look delicious,
4: America? Yeah. Walked in there
1: and said, I just broke a nail
4: carrying my bags in here. <laughs> <laughs> Ernie, this one will be good, though. After paying a membership fee, you could afford annual dues at Augusta National for 28,000 years. You still need an inv- invitation. Hopefully, Ernie can get you that, but... 28,000 years, you'd be a member at Augusta did, for did, your bag.
2: Did, did I I, I got to give out a shout to one of my neighbors. Here comes a name drop. <laughs> Jason Brady. Okay. I think I told you this, Ernie. Last year during the playoff, TK, mm-hmm. I got to play Augusta National.
4: Yeah. It was amazing. He told me it's life-changing.
2: I, I, I flew down there just to play it for the day. Uh, it was incredible. Saw Coach Lou Holtz there. Uh, always good to see Coach Holtz. I saw Ryan Smith, the owner of the Jazz. But I was so nervous and excited. Uh, the two members hooked me up. Ernie, I was thinking myself, Tiger, Jack Nicholas, Gary Player, Arnold Palmer, Tom Wisecoff. Bobby Joe, Bobby Jones, Rory, Justin Thomas, like everybody, but everybody, everybody who's ever played golf walked those grounds. And I, because you know, it's like me when I go around older NBA players, I thank them a lot for all the heavy lifting they did for me. I'm small, Like if you know Spencer Haywood and all those guys Bill, Mr. Russell, all those old players, man, they did a lot of heavy lifting. But when I was at Augusta, I was thinking about man.
4: All these guys who walk these grounds—it's sacred. Yep, so it's an awesome place. It is. It is the best. And I'll—I'll I'll say this one. I don't know if we can get in on this, Ernie. Uh, you can't make this up. The Christiana Mall of Newark, Delaware, <laughs> is under talks for a private sale. The majority shareholder just sold his stake for two hundred million. So you end up buying your your daughter's?
2: Your daughter's mall mall. No,
4: the mall that you named your daughter after. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's a great mall. Two hundred million. Who no, knows? No, Maybe no, business. No. Stuff. no,
2: no, no, no. You know, America's full of lazy people. Everybody's ordering stuff online right now. You know, I hate that too. Like, yeah, I I've tell people it. if you're too lazy to go shopping, you shouldn't be buying stuff. I've never bought anything online. Y'all, never that's you're the a, ATM.
1: You're a, you're a knucklehead, man. Hey, if you two, that's the way it is these days. Hey, get off your fat ass and go to the mall. Uh, yeah, right. Have you people, se- have you seen a lot of malls these days? I
4: Ghost go towns. To, I man. I go to the
2: store. Yeah, oh, yeah because people like you yeah. are
4: just clicking on a button. Yeah, that's- <laughs> I'm getting the hook, Chuck. <laughs> Music's coming, man. a lot. Glad to be back, y'all. It. Hey, you know it's great what? great to be back. That segment, Thanks TK, legendary, isn't it though? steph Chuck and Ernie in the steam room. Come and join us in the steam room. Chuck and Ernie in the steam room. Leave your towel on in the steam room.
2: Chuck and Ernie in the steam room. Chuck and Ernie in the steam room. Leave your towel on in the steam room. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That cracks you up every time. Every time. Your rendition of the steam room. My man from Phoenix, Arizona. Hey, uh... Do you remember the number for your answering machine?
2: No, four oh four. Yeah, just dial four oh four. Anything it'll come through. <laughs> nine nine
1: eight seven zero three three zero. Now, here's my question to Cap, who's uh, you won't you will not be able to hear his answer, so I'll relay it. While we were in uh, hiatus, hiatus. hiatus, there you go, Ernie, big word. While we were in hiatus, uh, were people still calling the? Uh, the Chuck's answering machine?
2: Wait, why can't Start you tell both of us?
1: Why you got to just talk to you? Because I'm talking to him. The box was full. We had to empty it. Okay. Okay. Uh,
2: apparently. So now we just got four new ones, obviously.
1: No, we're just going to play a bunch
2: of old ones. Yeah, these are new. Well, he could have played some of the old ones. They might have been good. Oh, he probably just
1: dumped them and he didn't listen to them. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. We have a few. We have a few. And here's the first one of season four.
2: Hello, world. This is Charles Barkley. Leave me a message.
0: Hey, Chuck. My name is Mukesh. Over to India.
4: My question to you is How do you handle criticism over the media
3: and you still be happy? I'm so proud of you, Chuck. Please
1: answer my question. Thank you. First call from India. India. Wondering how you handle I media.
2: To, I want to go to India one day. Yeah, that's on my bucket list. Okay. Uh, how do you handle media criticism? Well, the first thing you have to ask yourself is Is the criticism fair? That's the first thing about criticism. You can't overreact to criticism because some guys in the media have an ax to grind. They just don't like you. They don't like a certain player. They don't like a certain team. So you just ignore that. But I learned this from Dr. J. Because when I first became a star, I think it was like my third year in the NBA, because they didn't write about me my first two years. Mm -hmm. They criticized Doc, Moses, Maurice Cheeks, Andrew, Tony, those guys. And then, so my third year, I became the leader, the best player on the team. And so it was a shock to my sister when I got criticized. But he asked me a question. He says, is the criticism fair? And I said, what do you mean? He says, some criticisms are not fair. But he says, the first thing you have to do is ask yourself, is the criticism fair? Then you can answer the question. Uh, And sometimes criticisms are fair, and sometimes they're not. So my man from India, that's the first question you have to ask yourself
1: about any criticism. Is it fair? So it, if it's not fair, do you just blow it off? You See, just I mean, blow it off. Being, but, just, but if it is fair, I mean, are you looking at it and reading it and say, you know what, he's right. He's yeah. got a point. And, and, and then you make the adjustment. Yeah. Yeah. So
2: that's the key. If it's fair, you make the adjustment. Good. If it's not, keep it going. What's this mean? Just Just keep it going. Just keep it going. Over your head. Okay. Okay. Thought she was talking about your hair.
1: Uh, (laughs) Or yours. (laughs) Next. Hey,
2: chat. This is Jenny, Loyal Steamer from Southern Oregon. And I
4: want you guys to do the R rated drunk Barkley cast, After Dark. And I got a name for it Bark After Dark. I would definitely watch. Thanks for everything. I love your show.
2: It's my favorite.
1: Bark After Dark. R rated version of what? Oh, R- of, of the Manning cast. Oh, oh like a man. Manning cast kind of deal. Oh, boy, that would be fun, wouldn't it? It would be. That would be fun. And I like the name. It's a. Uh, yeah. Put some thought into that.
2: And uh, I, can I give a shout out to Peyton and Eli? Sure. Because, you know, those guys with that Manning cast. I saw they had President Obama on the other night. Yeah, when
1: the uh, when the uh, Bears were playing.
2: But those guys are doing a fabulous job. Shout out to the Manning brothers. Yeah,
1: it was fun. It was yeah. fun to uh, it was fun to watch. All right, we got to get Obama on here, President Obama. Pull some strings. You were in his office one day. Yeah. He, Pull some strings. I don't even know how to get in touch Pull with some, him. Well. How, who, do, who do you call to get in touch with him? You were in his office. You didn't get his yeah, digits? <laughs> I don't think the president just gives a regular riffraff their phone number. Hmm. That's very disappointing. But hey, you s- wouldn't just you wouldn't just hey, Mr. President, can I have your number? Let me know. I, yeah. How about it? What kind or, of or you say? Hey, I'm going to give you my number. Here, you ring that. Here, here's my number. And then when you call it, I'll get. I'll have your I number. I don't
2: think he calls him his regular number. He has one his underlings call. See,
1: see, all of this stuff you could have investigated when you were in there.
2: Erling, let me tell you something. If you walk up to the president personally and ask him for his phone number, you're an idiot. First of all, you gotta go through layers. You know that. You could have tried. I you, you know could how have much tried. I you know how much I love President Obama, but uh we're not that cool where I can say, hey, Mr. President, can I get your sale? You could have tried.
1: Okay, thank you, Ernie. Next call.
0: <laughs> Hi guys, this is
3: Sully from Pasadena, single working mom, and I am watching Ted Lasso. <sighs> Ernie, yeah, Ernie, Ernie, yeah. I should have listened to you a long ago. I miss you guys. I've said, you know what? I'm going to watch Ted Lasso. I'm on the second season, and they just made a reference to Charles Barkley's golf swing. I had to stop and call you guys. You know they have to be steamers. I miss you guys. Can't wait to uh, hear the
2: podcast daily.
1: We appreciate that. Yeah. And I'm telling you, everything I've said about Ted Lasso is absolutely it's the absolute truth. Best show I've ever
2: watched. Uh I I am a big Taylor Lasso fan. Uh first of all, uh is it Hannah Waddington the owner? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Uh I have a crush on her. She's just awesome. Jason is, you know, I we want Jason on the podcast. We want two we Jason. We want Jason Sudeikis for sure. And we want Jason Momoa. Okay, because remember we did on the show last week. We did uh, LeBron versus Father Time. Yeah, we did. Man, I love me some Jason Momoa. If we can get Jason Sudeikis and uh, and Jason Momoa
1: on the show, Ernie, you can get that. Are you the Godfather? You know what? I'm supposed to. I, I talked. You know, I, I have a friend who is very tight with Jason Sudeikis, and we spoke last year about hey, and he said oh, I can have him. I can get him on your show. And they were right in the middle of shooting, and then it never, and then. And then our season ended, so I need to need to rekindle that. You know who it was? Who? who? Rex Chapman. Come on, I don't Rex. know what kind of strings we have to pull, Come but on, we want Rex. him on here. We we definitely want him. Come on, on here. Rex. You know it's how a, I feel about you. Come it's on. such a good show. It's a
2: great show, and uh, hopefully we can have Hannah Waddington on too.
1: There you go. Yeah, there you go. And we,
2: Jason Momoa.
1: Okay. Any anybody? Any other Jason? I'm trying to like? think. Who is it? Jason uh,
2: Bateman? Is he want Jason Bateman? Oh, Ozark. Yeah, Jason Bateman. Oh
1: man. Uh, come on, Jason's a good acting name. Yeah, apparently. I'm trying to think. But it, that was three of them. Yeah. And it's Halloween. It, it, That's another Jason. First of well. all, uh, uh, time out. Time out, America.
2: I just want to say this. Please stop the Michael Myers Halloween things. It's, 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 please stop. I mean,
1: are they scaring you?
2: First of all, Jay, you know, I like Jamie Lee Curtis, but she's up to like 102 years old in the last one. I want y'all to stop me. Michael Myers has been killed like 12, 13 That's times. That's what by you now. thought. Yeah, please stop the Halloween's, y'all. <laughs> please stop the Halloween's. You can come up with some other scary stuff, but no more Halloween's. Last call.
4: Hey, it's me again, Mr. Richardson. I came on the show a while ago. I stole your Inside the NBA ideas and made it Inside Room 305 in my fourth grade classroom. Nice. Your season's starting soon, and uh, my season kicking in soon with my kids, still teaching them the ropes and how to do this this program we do that I've stolen from you guys. And, and I stole from you guys again. Like, I brought your world in my classroom, so I decided to bring my world into podcasting. So I got together with two other teacher friends, one I've known since I was six, and started, like, a teacher-themed pop culture podcast, bells between segments, and we try to be ourselves because we goof around and joke all the time. I've known them for years. And just like you guys, I said, no, let's keep that because that's what's fun. That's what's engaging the way we banter because we're all friends. So once again, I've stolen from you one more time. Um, again, please don't sue me. I'm a teacher with student loans, so you won't get any money. I'm glad I got picked up for season four. Congratulations. Can't wait to listen. Talk to you guys later.
1: Thanks, Mr. Richardson. And I'm, I'm wow. calling, uh, calling my agent and, and my attorney and, uh, Having them back, wow. up, having them back off.
2: Number uh, one, man, I, I, you know, you know how I feel about teachers. Your daughter's one, yes, indeed, she's a saint.
1: Yeah, she is.
2: Yeah, but I always tell people, man, teachers amazing. Uh, number one, brother, hook us up on the podcast. Yeah, that would be
1: fun to be on It'd their be podcast. would be fun to be on the podcast. That would be.
2: I mean, uh, yeah, I would definitely. So he's
1: listening to this. He's going to so, say, hey. Oh, yeah, hey. We'll, he'll hey, he'll I, call Cap, and I Cap will give I can't him speak for Ernie, but yeah. I
2: would love to appear on the podcast because my love for teachers, you know, I think about Miss Robinson, Miss Turk, Miss Hill, uh, Mr. Honeycutt, Coach Copeland. Coach Copeland and Coach Honeycutt. They were saints in Leeds, Alabama. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, I've had some great teachers. Miss Robertson was amazing. Rest in peace. So, man, yeah, I would love to appear on that podcast.
1: Yeah, see, he and I have been swapping some emails down through the last uh, several months. And he ain't asked us to be on the podcast? Come he, on, now. He, but you know what's amazing? Just
2: text me and say, hey, here's when I want you to be on the podcast. You know what's amazing about having a podcast with teachers? You pretty much got unlimited like, you can have a teacher come on and talk about every subject. Mm-hmm. Like, Would you like to talk to a geography teacher or something? Yeah, you know I've been mad at Ms. Gomez since high school because I flunked Spanish. And on my bucket list, I got to Spanish is number one on my bucket list. I got to learn. You know I, that. You stop, knew that, I, didn't I, you? Stop it. Stop it. Ernie, because
1: you've been saying that for 20 years. I've been busy. Years. <laughs> I've been busy. That's the greatest line of all time. <laughs> You've been saying it's I, on your bucket list for twenty years. I gotta well, learn I've been busy.
2: I've been I gotta learn Spanish. Yeah. Cause Miss Gomez, I used to be really angry at Miss Gomez for flunking me in Spanish, but I realized when I grew up and matured it was my fault. So mm-hmm. way to own that. That's yeah. good.
1: Hey, uh that's episode one of season four of the steam room. Thank y'all callers. What a pleasure it is to be back with y'all. Thank you, loyal steamers. And uh, we'll see you again next week for more fun and games and hijinks.